Podcast Help Desk, number 102 for November 8th, 2017. I'm Mike Dell, your host, and today we're going to continue our 101 series. And today we're going to talk about recording equipment. What do you need? What do you not need? Uh, what's the really good stuff and uh, what's the not so good stuff? But uh, suffice it to say, you, you need a microphone or at least a smartphone. Yes, you can do a podcast strictly with a smartphone. Now, to get good audio with said smartphone, you have to make sure you're in a very quiet place. But uh, for the most part, you can record on a smartphone. Now, if you want better quality, you'll you'll get a better microphone, a better uh, you know, or a mixer maybe, or you know, some sort of uh, USB interface for your computer. You know, it's all kinds of things. Uh, you don't need anything too expensive. Uh, like I said, people have good luck with just a smartphone, and if you do it right, you can. Re- a really good show. I, I have a friend that does that with his iPhone, but he goes and uh, you know records it in a coat closet with lots of uh, lots of stuff around him to absorb the sound, so you don't get the echo and the room noise and all that. But your mileage may vary. Uh, there's software out there, for both free and paid, that uh, work on the uh, iPhone in particular, but uh, there's also Android versions of some of those uh, pieces of software uh, you know on the iPhone side uh, boss jock studio seems to be a, a good choice for people if you want to do it with just that but you know if you're gonna do it right it's it's better to buy a little bit of equipment and it doesn't have to be super expensive uh, I would suggest not getting a USB condenser mic such as the blue snowball or blue yeti or anything like that, because uh, condenser microphones have the same problem as your uh, smartphone. Uh, they pick up everything in the room, and uh, it's just you know hard to get good, clean audio with a condenser microphone. Now, condensers in the right environment sound awesome. Uh, my boss uses uh, a condenser, but he's got a great studio, and he's also using you know, compressor limiter gate, so he's not getting a lot of room noise or anything, and it sounds great. So, you know, I'm not saying condensers are bad, but uh, condensers require a lot more thought about where you record. I'm recording on a dynamic microphone right now, and I'm sitting, you know, in the corner of my living room in my uh, makeshift studio while my main studio is being remodeled. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, road traffic behind me. I've got a couple of beagles walking around in here. Uh, You know, but you don't hear a lot of that because I'm using a dynamic microphone and I'm also using a compressor limiter gate, Uh, mainly the gate. So when I stop talking, it's dead silent. You know, that little gap right there proves to you that, uh, you know, with the gate... It's dead silent. Without the gate, you might hear some of the background. Let me see if I can turn the gate off. I have to figure out. There we go. The gate's off now. Uh, You might be able to hear a little something in the background. But again, I've got a, a dynamic microphone. So the dynamic microphone is very good at rejecting sounds that aren't directly spoke into it 
So uh, that's why I say dynamic. A lot of people will argue that a condenser or a Blue Yeti or whatever is a good microphone. And like I said, lots of people have good luck with them. Just know that it's going to be a little harder to get the audio that you want with that type of setup. Uh, A mixer, you really don't have to have a mixer. But a mixer can also help. It allows more than one mic to be plugged in. It has mic preamps. A little more expensive ones allow a mix minus. And uh, I, I probably will do an entire episode about mix minus. But uh, suffice it to say, that is the single best way to do Skype recordings. Uh, you know, uh, everybody talks about, you know, call recorder, and there's a whole bunch of software that, that supposedly works with Skype to uh, be able to do Skype interviews or have a co-host in on Skype. But uh, the hardware mix minus is the best way to go. Like I said, I'll have another uh, episode about that uh, in the future. And I think I might have done one in the past as well. So <laughs> go look through the archives. I, I might have already talked about it. Uh, software. Um, you know, if you're not going to use a, a smartphone or a, a dedicated recorder, uh, then you do have to have some sort of software on your computer. And you know, Audacity is available for both Mac and PC and Linux too. Um, and it's free. It's, you know, not. I wouldn't say limited, but it's a little bit more of a learning curve to to use Audacity than it would be for some other uh, software out there. GarageBand, if you're using a Mac, GarageBand comes with the Mac. It's not a great piece of software, but it'll get the job done. Uh, Audition, Adobe Audition, that's what uh, I use here. And I also back up to a, a dedicated hardware recorder. So I got two recordings going on right now in case one case one crashes and that does happen but uh, audition is uh, from adobe and i believe it's uh, 15 or 20 dollars a month something like that i don't know the exact pricing because i think it depends on whether you're you got some sort of discount or package deal or whatever at adobe but uh, you can't just buy it outright anymore the the version i have is the uh, last version you could get and buy it outright so i don't pay a monthly fee for audition but audition's good it also has a pretty steep learning curve it's uh you know there's a little bit to it but it's uh it's like a uh, it's like audacity on steroids i guess <laughs> and then there's hindenburg journalists that's pretty expensive but uh, it's also very good software uh but you know just starting out audacity's probably fine and uh you know as you learn to use it then uh then go for it And let's see, uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, you really don't need a whole lot else. You need a, a good microphone or a microphone and, you know, just use it the best way. And you need some software and that's really about it to start. Now there are some fancy stuff that you can do. Uh, you know, the whole idea is to get something that'll give you nice, clean audio and, uh, don't, you know, don't sweat. The small stuff, uh, you know, a $300 microphone versus a $100 microphone isn't going to get you, you know, $200 more subscribers. <laughs> it's all about marketing. And, you know, my my thing is, is I always say that, that the audio needs to be good enough to not be painful 
to listen to. It should be nice and clean. You know, you notice my audio is pretty darn clean. I, I wouldn't say it's probably the best, and I don't sound like the big radio announcer guy. I, I, I really want it to sound like you and I are sitting across the table at the bar or the restaurant or the coffee shop, whatever, you know, and that's good enough. Um, of course I don't have the background noise of all that stuff, but you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I watch, I want me to sound like me. I don't want to sound like a big radio guy. Uh, you know, when I'm on the radio, I do sound like a big radio guy, but they got all kinds of stuff that makes that happen. <laughs> so you don't need the most expensive microphone. Uh, some of the microphones I do recommend is like an ATR 2100. Uh, yeah, that kind of is the, uh, default standard microphone uh, samson q2u is is basically the same thing and there's two or three others that are uh, both xlr and usb what xlr is is uh, to plug into a mixer and usb of course just plugs into a usb port on your computer and will hook up to things like audacity and garage band and whatever whatever software you have and you know that may be a good way to start now you're not going to do skype interviews using that setup like I said, hardware uh, mix minus is probably the best way to go. That's what I do. I uh, host a podcast over at Blueberry, uh, your podcast by Blueberry, and I co-host that with my boss Todd. And uh, he and I, you know, he's in Hawaii. I'm in Michigan. We use a, a hardware mix minus. Uh, sometimes he records it. Sometimes I do. But uh, we both have the same setup on each end and. And, you know, pretty much you can't tell that uh, one of us is uh, 5,000 miles apart <laughs> from where the recording's happening. Uh, it works great. Uh, now, if you do want to get fancy, you can get a compressor limiter gate. Uh, I have the, uh, uh, what is it, Autocom Pro XL from Behringer. It's a, a little two-channel uh, compressor limiter gate. There's also... Uh, DBX, uh, 286, whatever. I don't know what the letter is on the current model, but uh, that's another sort of compressor audio uh, you know, audio processing unit that will uh, do a gate and will do a compression and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's, it, it makes it nice, especially, like I said, in my setup here, I've got the gate turned on and you can't hear background noise when I'm not talking. And, you know, unless it's really loud, you don't hear it while I'm talking because I'm using a con or a uh, dynamic microphone. Uh, let's see, you know, equalizer. You know, if you want to get really fancy, you can get a uh, external equalizer uh, to, to equalize the uh, sound on your microphone. And, you know, that's what the big radio stations do and, and all that. And, and, you know, that's great and fine. It's not necessary, but you can do it. Sound treatment, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially if you're going to use a condenser microphone, you're going to want to do sound treatment in your studio area. You know, like my buddy there that uses his iPhone, he goes into the coat closet where there's a lot of cloth hanging around. Well, you can, you know, get acoustic panels. You can, uh, you know, you can treat the room to deaden the room. You want the room to be neutral. You don't want it to be, you know, echoes bouncing off of walls and flat surfaces and whatnot. Uh, another, another thing you can get that uh, will help you out. And I have this, a, uh, external recording deck. Uh, it's just another thing that goes in the rack. I have a, a regular, you know, studio rack here with my mixer on it, my compressor and my, uh, recorder. And 
It's got a, you know, it's just like a, a portable recorder, and that's another thing you can use. But you know, it has a, a, a data card, you know, just like in a, you know, digital camera. And then, you know, I record and it records to that. And then I put it in the computer and transfer the file. And then I do whatever editing I'm going to do uh, on the computer and uh, put out the file. Uh, and what's nice about having the external recorder deck is if my computer crashes mid-podcast, uh, mid, uh, I don't lose the recording. Uh, at least when I'm solo. Now, if I'm using uh, the Skype Mix Minus and whatnot through the mixer, then, yeah, my Skype guy goes away. But, uh, you know, that can, that's unavoidable software. But I don't rely on software to record Skype. Uh, another thing you can get is a boom arm for your microphone. If you're using a uh, microphone like that, uh, you know, I have a Heil PR40. I have a... Uh, Electrovoice RE20. Uh, both of those are on booms, and uh, actually they're down in the old studio still. So I'm not using those right now. But uh, you know they're on a, a shock mount and a boom, and you know that's really nice. Gets the mic right in the right position and and all that, and uh, you know it's great. But uh, you know you might consider that instead of a little desk stand or hand holding a microphone. Uh, although hand holding's okay if you're using the ATR, you know it comes with a little stand, but not a very nice one. But you know a boom arm, so you know you get the really good one from Heil. It's probably a hundred bucks. Uh, you can find them cheaper, and uh, you know your mileage may vary. You know <laughs> the ones with the external springs and stuff on them might get noisy if you move them around. Uh, where the Heil is pretty silent if you move it around, especially if you got the mic on a shock mount. But like I said, that's only if you want to get fancy. And what I do is uh, right now I'm using a uh, broadcast headset. I'm using the same headset that Dave Ramsey uses on his radio show and his podcast because it's the same thing. But, uh, you know, it's just a broadcast style uh, headset microphone uh, and headset, you know. So I hear myself in my own, you know, when I'm talking and the mic stays in the same position. So I can stand up, sit down you know, walk around as long as, you know, the, the cord is, and the mic never moves. So I can look at computer screen off to the left, I can look at one off to the right, I can, you know, do whatever, and I'm still on mic and in the right position. So that's another option. I like this option just because I like to move around a lot. But what equipment you get is totally dependent on your budget and the type of podcast you're going to do. Like I said, if you're going to have a remote co-host or you're going to do, you know, you're going to interview people for every episode, you, you really do need a real mixer and not the cheapest one. You want one that'll do a mix minus. What you want to look for in a mixer is that it has an aux channel, at least one. Uh, most of them that have those have two. So you want to be able to have the uh, Skype, uh, the Skype, uh, channel be one channel uh, and then you mix at minus the uh, the person that's talking on skype and send that back to them so they can hear you and whatever but like i said i'll do a whole episode on that but uh yeah definitely don't get the cheapest mixer if you're planning on doing a uh, a uh recording that requires two hosts uh, remotely now you know if you're going to have people over to your studio then you know however many mic plugs you got is how many people you can have on the podcast 
And uh, like I said, if you're all using good dynamic microphones, you're not going to have any problem with a cross bleed or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, but you know, you don't need everything, and you don't need to start with the most expensive stuff. You can, you know, start with an ATR and plug it in USB if you're doing a solo show, and that'll be fine to start with. Or do it on your iPhone to start with. You can always add stuff later, but also don't don't get into the uh, well. If I get better equipment, I'll get better. You know, I'll have better or I'll have more subscribers. That isn't how it usually works. As long as your audio is decent, you know, it's all about the content. It's not about the gear. Now the gear's fun. Like I said, I'm a gearhead. I uh, you know I have a drawer full of microphones and. And a couple recorders and all sorts of things. I mean, you know, a, lot, a really good deal would be, say, uh, you know, uh, Zoom H5 or H6 uh, recorder. And that's kind of like a little studio in a box. It's really cool. It's got XLR inputs. It's got, uh, you know, it's got three or four or six or whatever um, different inputs. So you can, uh, you know, set it in the middle of the table, plug in all the mics and... Uh, have a podcast wherever you don't even need a computer. You know, at least you don't need it to uh, record. And then you take that file, you run it through whatever processing you're going to do. Uh, one thing about processing, if you're going to do multiple people, is you've got to have a way to level the uh, the mic inputs because not everybody knows how to use a microphone, and you're not using not using a hardware compressor and all that stuff. Uh, you know, the different levels will be different. And uh, there's a couple pieces of software out there. There's a free one uh, called, uh, what is that? Levelator. And it's not supported anymore, but it still works. So, uh, you know, you could get that. Uh, there's also another sort of free option is uh, Auphonic. If you go to Auphonic.com, you can do up to two hours of audio per month for free. So if you're doing half hour shows once a week, that might work for you. Uh, but you upload a, a file and uh, and they send you back a, a file that is leveled. Uh, you know, it, it, it levels it. It also puts it up to the, uh, the loudness standard that uh, most people use for podcasts. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast and then the next one comes on and blows your eardrums out or you can barely hear it and you got to crank up the volume. So you kind of want to stay in the in a happy zone there. Uh, minus 16 Lufs. <laughs> L-U-F-S, I think, uh, is the sort of loudness standard for stereo. And it's 21 Lufs for, uh, for uh, mono. Uh, I put this out in mono. Um, and that's the other thing. When you're recording, you know, you don't need to do stereo unless you're doing jazz or classical music. Nobody's going to notice that it's stereo or mono. You know, all the microphones are mono and you know, you don't need stereo and it makes the file size smaller because you don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to have this humongous file for people to download because there's people on cellular, uh, that are unlimited bandwidth plans and you know, why not save them a little bandwidth and also on your uh, hosting so if you're hosting with blueberry or lipson or spreaker or whatever it's all based on how much file size you're using per month and you know the the less size there is the more you can do uh, within a given plan so it'll save you a little money 
And if you're paying for bandwidth, say on Amazon <clears throat> or something like that, you uh, you know you save on uh, bandwidth. So uh, you know it's always good to make it smaller. And also always use MP3. Uh, you could use M4A, which is the standard for Apple GarageBand, but uh, I suggest MP3. Right now, it's still the most compatible uh, protocol. And also always use constant bitrate don't use variable bitrate that causes all kinds of weirdness in the uh, rss feed which we will cover later on i'm going to definitely be doing some you know more shows about uh, you know audio formats and video formats whatever uh because you know i'm assuming we're, we're talking all audio here but a lot of this still works for video uh, video you want to use m4v or mp4 in H.264 encoding, and AAC audio, and there's a whole bunch of other specs for video. Video is very complicated, but uh, if you do it right, that works well as, as well. So that's really about it I got uh, for this episode. Well, that didn't sound like a good sentence, but I'm not going to edit it. <laughs> but uh, uh, one thing I do want to say in the news, uh, cast feed validator. That's a uh, feed validator service that uh, particularly is suited for podcast feeds. There's feedvalidator.org and W3 Validator. Those two are not podcast validators. They are feed validators for any kind of feed, and they don't know a whole lot about podcasting. So cast feed validator. Uh, Anyway, that service was uh, acquired by the company I work for, Raw Voice. So part, it's now part of uh, Blueberry. And they're not going to change the site too much. They just wanted to make sure it was going to stay there. The uh, guy that was running it before was having some bandwidth issues and, and whatnot, and uh, he agreed to sell it to Raw Voice. And uh, so now it's uh, now under the Raw Voice banner as far as... Uh, ownership but uh, like i said it hasn't changed castfeedvalidator.com and that is the best place to validate your rss feed to make sure it's all good for podcasting there's also another one out there you know to be fair charles wilchen uh he's been on this podcast before he does podbase it's p-o-d-b-a dot s-e kind of a weird domain name but it's podbase and then just put the dot before the s and uh, that'll get you there. And that's another validator that is highly updated and spec- specifically for podcasters. So uh, check those two out. But th- the big news is that CastFeed Validator is now owned and operated by Blueberry, a division of Raw Voice Incorporated. <laughs> so with that, we'll catch you on episode 103 coming up in a couple of weeks, probably. Catch me later. <laughs>